driving. Bienvenidos y welcome a todos to a new episode of Siéntate y Hablemos. Um, today we have um, me, Nico Gaspar. Oh, I haven't been here for a minute, I think. I haven't been on the podcast for a couple weeks. Um, we got Gabi in here today. We got Isabella. We got Mackenzie. And our guest today is Miss Kia. She um, works with the Creed um, as... Um, an associate uh, professor? No, no, I'm not. So I'm sorry, not associate professor. Not um, different, different titles. Yeah, no, Kiev, would you like to introduce yourself? See how you can't sure, Nico. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so my name is Kia Glenn. I use she, her pronouns. I'm one of the assistant directors in the Center for Race, Ethnicity, and Diversity Education. Period. Um... <laughs> Today we have what this episode is about is about being um, Islamic and Latino. Um, it's part of our is is um, it's part of our um, being Latinx and I think being Latinx and Latino and or Islam and Jewish, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna um, say we also have Mackenzie as a guest, even though she's here all the time. We will also be talking about her experiences. Yes, hi everybody. So yeah, let's get it started. Because first things first, when I think of, I feel like when a lot of people think of Latinos, they think of Catholicism, you know, especially because that was the the colonizing um, uh, religion, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. How y'all feeling about it? Um, yeah, I think, especially with the colonization and the missionary groups that were brought to Latin America, I think that's where why there's such a huge Catholic population in Latin America and in the U.S., you know, especially with those groups moving across um, borders. Um, I think, I know we talked about this, we have like 80, 84% of adults in um, Latin America are raised Catholic and I think that's a huge a huge number and we can like clearly see the influence that colonization still has in Latin America and I think while those numbers are true people don't also recognize that there are different percentages um, of different religions in Latin America as well like there are huge populations of Protestants or unaffiliated people um, and it's just, yeah, I think people are quick to like categorize Catholicism in Latin America and kind of like undermine the different religions that exist there as well, you know? I mean, I mean, I know personally, I was, I don't, I mean, I was baptized. I was not, my parents were not the most religious parents, but I would go, when I was in Spain, I'd be waking up, going to church with my grandma until like six o'clock in the morning. It was probably like eight or ten in one Spain. Um, but, um, yeah, I definitely, I, I guess I was raised Catholic. I wouldn't fully say I was raised Catholic, mm-hmm. but I definitely have Catholic roots. Like I didn't do my communion. My grandma's low key mad at that, but like, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Because- no, I feel like that's like a, at least from the Latinos that like I know and that I interact with, I feel like it's a really common theme that like people are raised kind of with this religion, with Catholicism in the background, but they don't 
always super identify with it or know a lot about it. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, my family's Catholic. And then that's like the period end of story. Like that's their, that's as much as they identify with it. Yeah. And what is, what is your experience with that? Like how, how has it been? Like, do you get any sort of response when you say, oh, I'm not Catholic. Like I am Jewish. I am, I like, I'm Islamic. Like what, what, yeah. What's the response to that? Is there a response? (laughs) I mean, it depends on the context, right? So it's like, you kind of get this like double double racism in a lot of ways. So in Latinx communities, people are like, oh, you're, you're Jewish? Like, how does that work? I didn't know that there were Jews in Latin America. Did mm-hmm. you convert? Uh, and then in Jewish spaces, at least in the United States, Judaism is you know often thought as a primarily white religion. So then I get questions in Jewish spaces of like, how can you be Jewish? Did you, mostly people ask me if I converted and I'm like, I'm 21. When would I have had the time to convert? Um, Cause that's like a multiple year, like very intensive process. I'm like, I, I didn't have that time. I've just, you know, been lucky enough to be born into it. So it's a lot of um, like justification in a lot of ways. Yeah. I don't know if you've had like a similar experience being Muslim. Yeah. So just a couple quick things like one it's Islamic is how you describe art or books or like history not people so people are Muslim uh areas or art or things like that are Islamic so I'm Muslim art would be Islamic and um the other thing is like I grew up Christian and not Catholic and for me Puerto Ricans that I grew up with in the culture that I grew up with um like on the Cuban side, like there's more emphasis on Catholicism, but not on the Puerto Rican side. Um, and in my house, we were Christian. We And no one in my family for a long time has been Catholic, but it also has to do with location of where we lived on the island versus where other folks lived on the island. So the Catholic part was never a thing. My friends in greater schools and stuff like that were Catholic, but I had no frame of reference because my family never was and so like I don't like that part has never been a thing for me um and so like it's a regional and cultural like shift and then being Muslim um so Latinx Muslims are the largest growing population um and so when I became Muslim it was um a shift for my family um again because like everyone in my family is, is Christian but they're not no one had been Muslim. And even when I lived in Puerto Rico, I had never seen Muslims when I lived there. So I didn't know that it was even an option. But when I became Muslim, like there's a masjid in Jersey City, they do all their services in Spanish. There's a huge Muslim population. Um, I have tons of girlfriends and uh, folks who are like from different parts of the Caribbean and from Central and South America who are Muslim. And so like now it's not a it's not a like a weird thing. Like I know tons of of folks who are Latinx and Muslim, but when I became Muslim, it was um it was a challenge in and that is like how do you imagine participation in your cultural spaces um with this shift and with this um this new lens of of reading your identity and, and participating in a, a culture that you know, heavily relies on, um, you know, Christianity or access to certain foods that I no longer partake in and um, understands itself differently. So, I mean, the community at first and still to this day was a little bit like, so 
like people feel real, real bold to speak Spanish around me and say things because they think I don't understand until I'm like, mm. and they're like, oh, I just assume you were Arab. And I'm like, okay, but no, but people, Arab people speak Spanish too. Like there's a large Arab population in South America. So that's also dangerous. You're, you're living real reckless. Um, and then I do get questions like, so like, how does it work? And I'm like, how, how does, I don't know what you're asking. Um, but it does lead to like good conversations, um, but it also leads to weird isolationist tendencies. But I'm used to that because I'm a I'm Afro Latino, so like being in spaces was isolating anyway. If there wasn't other Black Latinos, so it's almost like this I'm this I'm used to. So it's it's it is what it is. Yeah, and I. I really liked what you said, Kia, how like it really depends on the location of where you are in certain countries. Cause I think I've definitely seen that like in in certain communities within a country, like it could be socialized completely different. And the way religion or certain topics are talked about there is completely different than it's talked about in other places of the country, you know? And like, I mean, similar to Nico, like I was raised Catholic. I am still Catholic, but my family we have a like so, like more than half of my family, not more than half, but I would say about half my family is Mormon. And so, yeah, my mom grew up super Catholic through her grandmother, not through her mother, because my mother is, her grandmother was Mormon. And so I could see those dynamics play into how like that was all played into. And I know like my mom still is like super Catholic. And so she'd be like, we'll have to be Catholic, da, 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 you know what I mean? And then seeing that the way that my family, like my other family was treated for being Mormon. I could see those like small little comments of just like here and there, you know what I mean? Um, and not even from family members, from just like the community that we rock as community where my family's from is like super Catholic. Like no one else is, is anything else other than Catholic, even though um, in El Salvador, we have a lot of Mormon missionaries, you know? Um, so I could see that. I think like the way, yeah, sometimes religion can be talked about in Latin American spaces is very um, concerning, I would say, very problematic in some cases. Um, and then on top of that, adding like race to it, being Afro-Latinx and identifying Muslim, like I feel like that's a whole other layer that people don't really like discuss at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's important, like what you mentioned, right? Like there's historical pieces to why we exist where we exist, right? Like there's a large, you know, Jewish population in Central and South America from, you know, fleeing World War One and World War II. Um, there's, I, and the same reason that there's a whole, there's a large Arab population, right? Like around the same time, like a influx of Lebanese folks, of Palestinian folks, um, of Egyptian folks. And so like people, have come to other countries and established communities and like established histories. Same thing with missionaries. You know, there's long histories of different types of missionaries in different spaces in, you know, uh, Central South America, the Caribbean. And that's how we end up with who ends up with what religion and what cultural background and how folks understand. Cause there's a city, a friend of mine is from, from Mexico. The whole city is Muslim. <laughs> like the whole city, like she goes every year during Ramadan and she's like, yeah, no, like everyone here is Muslim because um, during World War One, some folks came over, um, married into a family 
and then from there like and it's not a huge city right like it's a it's a city um kind of out in the country um but she's like you know from there like kind of the whole city kind of picked it up so she was like what used to be cathedrals are now minarets and like where you used to hear the bells you hear the call for prayer and she's like but we're still eating what we always ate we're just taking the pork out we're still you know dressing how we used to dress and but and having parties but there's no alcohol and so she's like it's still home and for her it's always been that way but she's like it's been like three generations you know four generations of folks in this one city and they're like oh yeah no like all of us are muslims so like what's the problem but it's all about histories and if we ignore the ways in which you know people have moved and and histories have shifted and, and changed like we don't see like how things have been and have come to be and i think that's really important that when we're talking about stuff we're like no nothing is quote unquote new growth is new but it's like well how do we get to x point or y point yeah for sure and i think kia something that like i would want to like just to ask you is like what made you convert to islam rather than another religion like judaism or um like christianity i guess but christianity catholicism is pretty similar um but just like how like how like what made you like convert to islam rather than another religion and like what spoke out to you i guess so i grew up like i said i grew up christian and like very christian like we went to church sunday wednesday friday sometimes saturday my mom basically was in the if like we weren't home and if i wasn't in a sport i was at church so i was at church all the time um but somewhere around like my teen years i was like and maybe like the whole time um i kind of felt like i liked what, what i was learning in church but i didn't have a connection with the with the people my age in the church right like we live two different lifestyles um and so i couldn't i couldn't make connections with those folks and so like i was i told my mother i was like look i'll go um but i want to sit in service i don't want to go to like the youth sections because um i just i just don't feel connected there and there was an incident in one of <laughs> there was an incident one sunday um talking about like forgiveness and somebody had said like people who commit suicide are are, are trigger warning um they said people who commit suicide are, are foolish they're going to hell like da, da, da. like it started like having this whole rant and i said oh cool so today's the day i'm gonna cuss um and did and went off and i was like if you've never been in that position um, you don't get to talk about somebody who feels like that's their only way out of life. You don't, if if God, if in this case, if Jesus says he forgives all, um, then you don't get to make that that determination, right? Like if, if all can be forgiven, if a murderer gets to go, then you don't get to say that this person doesn't get to go. And if you've never been in that position, you can't talk about that. And you can't talk about somebody's frame of mind. And, we're, and you're completely miss, like getting missing mental health. And I just was losing it. I like went off and was like, cool, I'm gonna pack my stuff and go. And then <laughs> my youth pastors told my mom, they were like, I'm so like, Kia had a very passionate moment in youth group today. We want her to come back. Um, she definitely may or may not have told people where they could go and it wasn't heaven. And my mom was like, 
well, if they deserved it, honestly, like I can't say nothing to her. Like, I'm just gonna have to let her beat. And I was like, bet, cause my mother knows. Um, and at that point, like I stopped going, I only would come to service. And so my relationship was very much me and God, not me and the building, like, or the people. And so um, about this, like around the same time, like I'm in high school, um, I started becoming really good friends with this girl who is Muslim. And then we ended up becoming best friends. It's me, her, and this other girl. Um, and we're all hanging out, cutting up, doing all that good stuff. Um, and she would come to stuff with me. And like, um, if my mom, cause my mom was always in the church and she, she sings and she dances, she leads the dance team. Um, so she would come with me to stuff and I would go with her to the mosque. And they are predominantly uh, Guyanese um, and West Indian mosque. And so it felt very much like being home. Like nobody paid me no mind. Like, and I was coming however I was coming, shorts, tank tops, crop tops, summer dress. And they were like, oh, that's just Kia. Like, that's just Kia. And one time somebody tried to be like, oh, she can't dress like that. And they were like, you can mind your business or you can get out. How about that? And I was like, gang, gang, I don't even, I don't even go here. You go here. And they were like, we'll kick you out. Um, but the, the imam there, the, uh, he, um, very much loved me and welcomed me, um, and made me feel like I could be in the space. Um, and I went to a class one time and they were talking about David and I was like, how come I know this story? How come I like, I know the answers and I was answering and he was like, look at Kia, this is her first class. She know the answers. How come y'all don't, y'all ain't do your reading. And I was like, cause is this not the Bible? Is this Bible study? And they were like, no, like our religions are just, they're, they're very close. Um, and I met my partner through my best friend at the time and he and I were having conversations. And so I was ask, having conversations with him and asking my mom and like, she would be some of the stuff that I got answers from in Islam, like my mom would like, oh, you just have to have faith. Oh, you just have to have faith. Oh, it's just this, it's that. And I'm like, nah, but like they got actual solid answers over here. And I'm not feeling like we got solid, like having faith is cute and I love that, but like I need solids and I wasn't getting solids. Um, and so eventually I, I made the decision that I really like that Islam does not feel that it is its own religion, but a continuation of continuation right so like it doesn't feel that it does not say that it is different religion of judaism or christianity it's it is a continuation of the original message and that these other religions are like humanity has kind of made it its own thing but if we listen to the original message which is why we consider like jews and christians people of the book and our siblings right and so i like that it was an all-encompassing life it wasn't just this one aspect that you attended to on holidays or Sunday, but it, it was a lifestyle. It's a it's a whole encompassing legal and mental and spiritual framework. Um, and so, yeah, so I was 18. Unlike Mackenzie, it is not like a process. Like it's not the whole, I have a friend who converted to Judaism and I was like, sis, when do you finish? Like, it's like, a, it's like pledging. I was it's like, what do you do? It's so long. It's like, you have, well, it like depends on, your denomination and everything but it's like you know you got to find yourself a rabbi you got to make yep. friends with the rabbi you got to go to a certain amount of service you have to like know the torah front and back sometimes they make you learn hebrew like you have to go and like you know do all these trainings and workshops and like huge, right huge practice. yeah 
Islam is not that. I just, I took my declaration of faith with my partner in a car outside of Barnes and Noble uh, in the middle of like a snowstorm um, and was like, cool. So it was like, this may be Muslim. He was like, yes, that's, that's what that does. Um, and then I just kind of kept it to myself uh, because I didn't think my parents, especially my mom, I knew she would be heartbroken um, because she is so invested in, in Christianity. And it took them a while. It really was like, it wasn't until other people in our family had negative things to say that my parents were like, oh, uh, 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 uh. we can have reservations, but you can't say nothing to our child. Um, but my mom's family is in the is in the military. Like they had only known what they had heard post 9-11. And, you know, nobody in the house and the family had ever been anything other than Christian or like practice Santeria. Um, and so that was it. Like, if it wasn't that, like, people didn't know what this meant. And and being from New York and being there post 9-11, people only knew what they saw in the news. Um, but yeah, um, that's how that's how I got here. And, and then my practice and my practices have been an ever-growing um, process with, with, you know, like everything else, like as you age, how you understand yourself and your faith and how you practice um, will shift and ebb and flow. Um, yeah, I think, oops, no, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> um, do you think that like more like Latinx people are converting to Islam for like reasons that like you have, like your own reasons kind of? Um, so there's some really good books um, and studies, you know, had I gone through for my PhD, um, I actually was going to study uh, the growth of Latinx Muslims. And so um, there's some really great research and, and um, books out there about the growth of Muslims and, and specifically in Latinx communities. And part of it is, yeah, like it is a, um, it is an all encompassing like it's not just there's a spiritual side there's a legal side and then there is like a um I, like this third esoteric kind of like space and so like it's similar to judaism like where there are things like law there are things that like cover family law mostly um and then there are things that like the individual and god have a relationship and so it is really easy to understand yourself in these in these spaces um and like when you understand like how these things fall into your life I think like for folks it's really helpful and they feel like it it, it gives them a whole frame like they don't have to figure out how it applies to their other parts of life because it gives you so many like specifics like this is how it would apply to like your eating habits this is how it applies to your bathing habits this is how it applies to this and and I think that's really comforting for folks especially if you're looking for something when you have something that's like hey it's not just this one little piece and you got to figure out the rest it's all of this and it's it's a whole way of being and a way of life and so I do think that's attractive to folks um and despite what like the media is real good at portraying like um I think both, you know, I find that like, you know, how my rights, especially my legal rights as a, as a Muslim woman, I have all the rights. Um, and if anything, I'm getting like, I'm, and I'm getting them like best believe. And if you don't get your rights, like that's grounds for all types of stuff. And so I think that's also attractive to folks, especially, you know, Latinx communities tend to be 
very male dominated. Um, you can have very misogynistic takes, and then you have a religion that says, nope. There, we got rules and laws and sir, you can do what you want, but she can come for that wallet. She can come for the pocket. Her property is hers. I think that's my favorite part is like, my money is my money and my partner's money is my money. Um, and he actually can't touch my money or ask me about it, ask me about any of my stuff because it's not proper. And he has to take care of me and our household out of his money. And I can give money if I want to, if I'm so generous, but I don't got to pay for nothing. And if I don't want to clean, I don't have to clean. And he has to hire somebody for that. And if I didn't want to breastfeed, he was going to have to figure that out. So like, there's so many, like <laughs> when the news is like, oh, you're oppressed. I'm like, I mean, my, my bank account is flourishing, but I don't know, you know? And by flourishing, I mean like, you know, I am I, I have Elon pays me. So like not flourishing, flourishing. It's just like, you know, we can go to Chick-fil-A without a coupon. I think that's a really interesting like similarity between Judaism and Islam is that this, you know, kind of by the fact that they are marginalized religions within the United States context, they often get a very different rep than what is actually represented represented in the religion. Um like, I know, I think you hear it a lot with like, you know, Muslim women, like, oh, they're forced to cover their heads and how oppressive. And with Jewish women, I think there was a lot of backlash against specifically the Orthodox community after the Netflix show came out, Unorthodox, um, about how like oppressed women are within, you know, that sect of Judaism and how little choice they have. Um, but like really, at least, you know, within the Judaism that, that I practice and that I was raised in, it's like very similar to Kia. Um, like, you know, women are considered, so, you know, like in, in Jewish law, there's like a whole list of things that men have to do. They have to dress a certain way. They have to pray a certain amount of times in a very specific way and go to temple a certain amount of times. Um, and the law is like, yeah, like women have to do like two things a week, maybe. And it's interpreted in a lot of ways, but, you know, the way that my kind of part of Judaism, Judaism interprets it, it's like, yeah, women don't have to do that because, like, they're set. Like, women are inherently, like, they're already, like, holy and, like, have this spirituality and connection with God. Like, women are done. They've got this stuff down. Men, they need the tangible reminders. Like, we got to be on the men to make sure that they're still doing what they need to do. Well, because, we're on the men. We love to see it. Right. Because, like, if we don't keep on them, like, they're not going to do it. They're going to stray. They're going to do something, um, which I just think is, it's really interesting. And it's really distinct from, you know, the mainstream portrayal in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think that this is super interesting. And I think that like, what, I guess, Kia, what advice would you give, or Mackenzie as well, like what advice would you give um, to somebody who right now might be Catholic or might be Christian and was raised like that, right? Has their whole family, like your whole family was Christian, Kia. Um, what advice would you give them to, if they're like kind of questioning it, you know, if they're kind of questioning their Christianity, they're kind of questioning their Catholicism, like, what advice would you give them? Um, yeah. So I give out the same kind of advice um, to anybody, regardless of faith, like when they're questioning their faith, right? So, so there's multiple parts, right? Who are you living for is number one. So if, if you practice a religion because your parents and your grandparents did so, then are you really living and practicing for yourself? Is it your religion? Did you choose it? 
because that's that's the part like even for Muslims who grew up Muslim like you have to choose to be Muslim at some point like same thing with any faith you have to make a decision right and if you're not making that decision because you're like oh well my whole family does it so I guess I'll just do it then are you really faithful like are you really part of that tradition or are you just espousing it and if you're Christian and you believe in the day of judgment then it's not enough uh faith without works is dead so if you like there's no reason to say you are if you are not. So that's number one. And number two is, you know, it takes a lot of bravery to tell your family, like, I'm going to do something different. I, I am who I am and I'm going to be and, and live my life. And um, I tell this to folks all the time, like, if, if, you're, if you're not, if you aren't brave enough to say that to them, um, you can practice in secret, right? Like you can have your own tradition to yourself and, and that's fine especially if you're living in the house. Like I li- I'm still living with my parents when I decided to be Muslim and I didn't cover until I left the house and I would take it off when I would come back. And then I just stopped eating bacon and my father was like, oh, you so you too good? You too good? And I was like, okay, calm down. Like mommy, make- mommy doesn't eat pork. Mommy's making turkey bacon literally right now. Why can't I have turkey bacon? He was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel like, I don't feel like this is right. And I was like, all right, sir. Like nobody asked you. Um, but like I wouldn't like I fasted my first Ramadan in secret because I didn't want to break my parents' heart. I wasn't ready, and I wasn't ready to, um, you know, have have that conversation with them. Um, but when I did, you know, by the time I graduated college, my parents had a party for me. They bought halal meat. They were telling my whole family, don't mix the utensils. Like all the halal meat is over here. The pork is over there. Don't mix and match. Um, you know, this cooler has all the regular drinks. Don't put rum in the punch. Kia doesn't drink. The rum punch is over there. Um, and my mom, like my parents were like, if this is how you want to live, if you are safe and happy, then we love you and that's fine. And I, and I believe like for most parents, that's the concern. Like, will you be safe? Will you be happy? And how do I relate to you now that you are living in a different space? And so, you know, you really do have to think parents are humans too. You know what I'm saying? They're not perfect. They, I will tell you, I don't speak to my grandmother and, and my mom's two sisters and I have not spoken to them in... 15, 13 years, because when I became Muslim, they were like, oh, we're, bye. Like, you're going to hell. My aunt had her whole church call me and harass me for three weeks straight. Um, they, they like cussed my mom out, which then my father was like, okay, I'm getting involved. Like, that's ridiculous. That's our child. She can make whatever decision she wants. And, you know, I was 18, 17, 18, 19. It was really hard. It was really hard. Um, I had I got to a almost like got to a physical altercation with my cousin because she was wild, um, and that was heartbreaking. Like we're family. Like that's not that's not how it's supposed to be. So if you're like, oh, I want to explore my faith, like you have to one make the decision. Like, are you doing this for you? Never do it for somebody else. Two, understand that there's family does not is not perfect, and they may not understand, and like it might hurt. And if it hurts, like you know surround yourself with people who are going to love you through that and then be prepared for folks to want to say sorry later like when they learn and when they see um and you can take that sorry or you don't have to you know what i'm saying and, and that's okay but faith is really about yourself it's really about you and if you're like i'm a person of faith and you believe in an afterlife then that's important and that's important to you then you have to do what's important to you um but living a lie is not 
is not is not any better. It's it's not if you can't live your true life and your true self, then who you, like what's the point of living this world? You know what I mean? It's it's too hard already. It's too hard already to carry all the identities we carry to also be like, I'm gonna pretend to be Catholic, but on the low be a, be Wiccan. Like right. be a, be a Latina witch, sis. Put the hexes on them. Like let let me bring you somebody's hair so like I can you know get them cussed, get them cursed. So, you know, it's, it, but it's, it is hard. It is hard, especially in our community, um, our various communities, because it's not necessarily always forgiving of change and forgiving of difference. Um, but you got to do what you got to do. So I would say, you know, back to Nico's original question of like, what do you say to someone questioning their religion, right, within the Catholic or the Christian community? I think like questioning religion is such a huge part of affirming your own beliefs, right? Like I questioned Judaism for so many years. Um, I like read up on things and I asked, I asked my rabbi questions. I asked my mom questions. Um, and it, and it ultimately ended up bringing me closer to Judaism because, you know, a really big, at least within our culture, a really essential part of religion is questioning everything like there's this really I think it's really funny this um st like story about these like you know ancient rabbis that were like debating part of the Torah like what does God mean in this single sentence and they're like you know sitting here arguing for weeks about it and then I guess God is like listening and is like really tired of like they're arguing and so God literally shows up and it's like hey guys like this is what I meant and the rabbis are like I'm sorry we weren't talking to you we're talking to each other <laughs> like we don't need your opinion here we're figuring it out ourselves um so, you know I think questioning is just and like you know figuring out what meaning things hold for you even if it's not like you know the prescribed meaning that the organized religion has like if you find meaning in it that's unique to you and fits your your lifestyle and your you know what you want out of religion I think that's really important I also think that religion doesn't always have to be about a higher power I think it can be about a community and about a collective faith in people and in community um and I think you know for me that's something that Judaism does really well there's a ton of Jews that don't believe in God um but that are still, you know, that they practice, that they still go to temple, they they do holidays, they, you know, send their kids to, to bat mitzvah and bar mitzvah classes. So I think just, you know, not, you don't have to accept like what the mainstream, you know, textbook definition of, of religion is. You can shape it and you can grow it into what you want it and what you need it to be for yourself. And if that becomes some form of Catholicism or Christianity, that's great. If it's some kind of like, you know, you're uh, a Muslim witch on the side, like, you know, that also works. You know, whatever combination, whatever practices and faith work for you, I think that's the most important part. Mackenzie's right. Like, questions are so important. And in Islam as well. And Mackenzie, lol, because I know that, that, um, I know that story Do you really? in class. It's like the part where they're like, we're not even talking to you, sends me every time. Like, who invited you, God? Like, sir, sir, this was a private convo. Like, see, this is what happens when you're on the on the present, like you in somebody else's business. Every it's time I hear so that story. Good. I then, find it hysterical. But like, that is part of our tradition as well as like questions. And people question um, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam like all the time. And we're like, mm. I heard you said this and why 
And I would like to know why. And, and, you know, I joke with my partner all the time. I say, I'm like, when, when I get to heaven, if I get to heaven, when I get there, I have questions like, so what was the deal with the platypus? Like, what was your thought process? You know, like, what is, what is it with the, like the bottom of the ocean? What's down there? Can I see it? Like, are there mermaids? Bermuda triangles? How do eels reproduce? And like, the imams who are good are like, you should have these questions, not only about like the world around you, but your faith, because it does, like Mackenzie says, will bring you deeper. Um, and there is no like, not having a question, right? And like, that's okay. And if you're not willing to question your own tradition, then how will you deal with other people who question, especially Muslims and Jews? Like people are always asking us stuff. So if we're not asking the question, how are we ready when somebody else asks us the question? And then how do you understand better what is being said? Because we have a Quran, which is the book, and then Hadith, which are saying of the prophet. And so there are chain of authority um, with those. And then with the Quran, like, you know, words have multiple meanings in, uh, you know, Arabic. Like there's root words and things that are tied to that and how it's said and when it's said and who it's said to will change the definition of a term. And so if you're going from Arabic to English and then, trying to translate and you got to pick the right word. That's a lot of questions. It's a lot of research. And so I'm always telling folks, you can't just read the Quran. Like you can't do that. Like it's not the Bible where you can go from front to back. You can't do that with the Quran. You literally have to have somebody who understands and then have to be willing to ask questions because at a certain date in a certain time, a certain thing is, is said. And that meant something then that does not mean that now. Um, and if you don't ask questions, you wouldn't know that. So you would just take it verbatim, and which is what usually happens on the news is they're like, it says this. And I'm like, that's not what it says. Okay, you can't even, you don't even know how to read. But that's people's mistakes with just assuming cultures translate like that. Like, oh, I can just do it. And I'm like, you can't just do that. Like, I can't just read the Torah. Like there is history and practice and I need to have certain guidelines. You can't do that with the Quran either. But questions are always good and you should ask them. And even of your own tradition, which, you know, if your pastor gets annoyed, if your clergy gets annoyed, um, find different pastor, find different clergy, because that's the whole point of being a human being is for curiosity. I also think you bring up a really good point, Kia, that like, specifically Jews and Muslims, like, you got to be on your game. Um, like, there's, there's been a lot of, Period. right, like, there's been so many times when like, I am the first Jew that people meet. And so like, yeah, I have to know what the kosher rules are. Yeah, I have to know when the holidays are. Yes, I have to know, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like I have to be ready with like my Jew 101 book. Um, so that like, it's like this awkwardness of like, you have to validate yourself and your religion to other people, but then you also have to say it right so that you don't have these people like, oh, well, Mackenzie told me this. So that's what all Jews think. Like. You have, you have to be ready. There's this responsibility a lot of times that I think people aren't necessarily prepared for and that I think people of privileged and majoritized religions don't experience because everybody knows what Christmas is, right? Like there's no question, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like it's about Jesus, it's about the baby and the star and the three dudes. Like that's common knowledge. Like Lagba Omer, who is she? What does that mean? Like when is it? Like, you know, there's this, you know, there's this, there's this expectation. And I think it's, it's very prominent in the Jewish community. Um, 
And, you know, from my experience and from the folks that I know, it's also similar for the Muslim community. It is. And it's not fair, right? Like, so I, in my mom's church, she had the Christian version of Girl Scouts. And so like, you know, in Boy Scouts, you could be an Eagle Scout and that's the highest level. I'm the highest level of Christian Girl Scouts that you can be. So I had to memorize the Bible, take a test. I had to get over an 80. Um, I had to get all the badges, all of it. I know the Bible better than most Christians. And so when people are like, well, it says X, Y, and Z, I'm like, actually, what it says is the following. And that's not, that applies to certain people in this time. And they're like, how come you know that? And I'm like, because I, one, I'm an honor star. Okay, period. And two, because my mama said, you, you're finna be an honor star. Um, and so it's, it's so hard, like to have to be the representation for a billion people, because the other piece is like, there are so many denominations. There are so many ways in which people practice. The way that you practice is usually, I tell folks, people read their religion through a cultural lens. So whatever culture they're holding in their hands is how they're reading the book that they are usually engaging with. I cannot tell you what a Muslim in Indonesia thinks. One, because I have never been to Indonesia. Two, because I, I literally have no frame of reference. I can tell you about me and my experience. I can't even tell you about another Muslim who might be sitting next to me in a class because how they may practice may be through a cultural lens. And while I may not recognize that practice, you know, um, that doesn't make them any less Muslim or me any less Muslim, but how I read and how I practice is through certain cultural lenses and through certain cultural lines and through certain readings and texts and, and who I follow um, as far as like um, religious leadership or who I'm in community with. But people will be like, well, Kia, like, how come Al-Qaeda, what are you talking, I don't, what? Ask them, don't ask me. You can ask me about me, but you cannot ask me about, I can tell you, I can tell you historical, I can tell you about US imperialism, I can tell you about, you know, this, that, and the third, but you didn't want to hear that. You really just wanted to hear me, like, be fumble, but, like, Muslims don't get the space to fumble, because if we fumble, somebody's like, ah, got you, told y'all, y'all are terrorists, told you. And that's not fair. Like Muslims sometimes grew up in a household. They don't know about their religion. I don't see Christians having to know the whole Bible back and front. But if a Muslim slips up in a class, all of a sudden that person has just affirmed all negative stereotypes that somebody else came with. And that's not fair. And so having to be your representation for your whole faith, um, is really taxing and really hard. Um, but I do love coming out with the gotcha moments when I'm like, well, I've memorized the Bible. So like, what do you want to talk about? And they're like, never mind. I feel like Mackenzie and Kenny to have their own podcast. I feel like they could go on and on for days. <laughs> we got coffee the other day and we talked for like so long. <laughs> we did. We didn't even get into the story where I took over the restaurant in the masjid. We didn't oh, even get into that. That, is, that was... <laughs> like I was we'll, have a, we'll have a part two I feel like we definitely need to have a part two <laughs> but wait before we close really quick I just wanted to ask what are your favorite Jewish and Muslim traditions or holidays okay so this is not a tradition well it is like so in, okay so because for women who cover they can only be uncovered with family and or um, other women, depending on how you, okay, it depends on who you ask about this text, but traditionally it's like, you can only be uncovered with family, 
um, men included, like so folks you're related to and other women. My favorite thing is sisters parties because it is, it is, it is a time and it's like, I will go to sisters parties. Like my friends will throw these parties. It's all women. And there will be women there who like, I've only seen in passing, you know, um, and they might be completely covered. And so like, I've only seen them, you know, completely covered. And then they come to these parties and I'm like, yes, who is that? And they're like, oh, that's so-and-so. I'm like, shut up, shut up. What did, what did she do with her spare time? Does she have an OnlyFans? Because this is, what is this? I have questions. I love sisters parties so much. There's so much fun. There's something about like when we get to get together um, and every culture um, that has a large majority Muslim population has these in different ways. So like my Somali friends like have these, especially around weddings um, and, you know, things like that. Um, and they have such certain cultural significance and like there's stuff around that but the sisters parties it's just so nice because nobody's staring at you with your hair out nobody's like oh my god you look so different oh my god that's so weird like I didn't know you know what I mean like we're we're in community and it's such a beautiful community space um I don't feel like I have to upkeep myself or like in certain ways, like I always go dressed to the tens because that's how everybody is. Um, but I just love that space. I just love being in those sister spaces. It's a good, wonderful turn up time. And then everybody leaves and we, we'd be like, what happens at the sister's party? Stayed at the sister's party. That's beautiful. Um, okay, so I think one of my, so one of my favorite traditions that I've recently gotten um, more like observant with is keeping Shabbat um which is like the Jewish holy day so it's like Friday sundown to Saturday sundown so like you know in December that's like four o'clock to four o'clock and now that it's like getting towards like lighter days it's like seven to like seven thirty um and it's just like a really I don't know it's a really peaceful time in a lot of ways like I like you know there's different ways that people observe it um and what I've been doing is like no technology. So I like, I turn off my phone, I like take off my watch. I like don't watch TV. Um, obviously college student life, I can't avoid my computer altogether because there's papers that need to be written and things that have to be done. Um, but it's just like a nice break and it's a nice like self-care day. Like it's a day that like I can kind of take for myself and to like, you know, sit down and I like, you know, read the like Torah portions of the week. And I think deep thoughts like a, like an old white rabbi and like contemplate life and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I really love that. I also <laughs> am a big fan of the Jewish food aisle in like grocery stores. There's like some solid, like just like key Jewish food items that bring me back to like my childhood, like Kedem grape juice is like the height of luxury um like matzo ball soup is like the greatest thing so yeah it's small things that I that I really enjoy about Judaism well thank y'all so much for like all of your stories and like really just being able to just be so open about your experiences and 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 taking the time out for us to talk to us and and educate people as well I really think that that's really and it's great to hear about your experiences and 
and the different ways that you practice your religion. I think that's one really interesting and it's really cool and it's really special to be able to hear that. Um, so I really just want to thank y'all first and foremost um, for taking the time for us. Um, and I think that I would like to also reiterate that even though Mackenzie and Kia are very smart women, they are not the spokespersons for these religions either. So go question, go do your own research, go experience different religions and go try and find your own faith. It doesn't have to be Muslim. You don't have to be Jewish. You don't have to be Christian. You don't have to be Catholic. You can be whatever you want. And I think that's what you should get out of this podcast is just try and explore your faith. You don't need to be one of these faith, uh, one of these religions and just um, question the world, question the, what, what, is, what is around you. Um, and so, yeah, with that, I guess we'll just say, you know, echale um, ganas and um, we'll see y'all next week. I hope you guys have a good week and um, yeah.